1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire, taken captive the women and those who were there. From small to great, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city And there it was, burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Verse 7. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail. Those are good words. Without fail. Recover all. I want to minister today on the theme, recovering all. And if you believe it can happen in your life and family and in our church, would you go ahead and thank him in advance of the victory? be seated. The Amalekites, we've seen them in action before. In fact, if you were one of the wonderful men at Man to Man last night, I preached about these wicked people, these marauders that came and always seemed to strike when you were at your weakest. In biblical history, the Amalekites are are vicious. They're known for unprovoked attacks. They did this to Israel shortly after they had come out of Egyptian bondage, maybe within two months. When Moses referred back to what took place in Exodus 17, when the Amalekites attacked them, Moses said, never forget what the Amalekites did to you. As you came from Egypt, they attacked you when you were weak, exhausted, and weary. And they struck down those who were straggling behind. They have no fear of God. The Amalekites are portrayed in the Bible as terrorists who took advantage of weaker opponents. As a result, God spoke that he would wipe out the memory of Amalek, the Amalekites, from the pages of history, would wipe out their name under heaven, destroying them all. They were a continual nemesis in the history of Israel. We see them again in this passage of Scripture, 1 Samuel 29 and 1 Samuel 30. Was that a time in David's life when he was especially weak and vulnerable? David had been anointed king over all of Israel but he had not yet ascended to the throne. 
King Saul was an extremely insecure and egotistical man, head and shoulders above everyone else. He at one time was small in his own sight, but he became just kind of obsessed with his security of his kingship. He knew what people were saying. Saul has slain his thousands. David has slain his tens of thousands. He heard the women singing that and burning his heart, and he had anger and hatred toward David, who had been a faithful servant to him. So now Saul has waged all-out war on David. David is running for his life. For fear of Saul, he does what I think is a drastic mistake. He aligns himself with a man named Achish, king of Gath. And David becomes a servant to him. He is allied to a pagan king. And uh, because Achish admires David for his warlike attitude and the 600 men, fighting men, hardened men, Achish takes them in. This is an asset for him and for future battles. David needs a place for his family and his men and their families. So Achish, king of Gath, gives them the city of Ziklag to be their home. Everything went well for about a year. And after a year, the lords of the Philistines, also arch enemies through the centuries of Israel, decided to wage war against King Saul and the Israelites. King Achish of Gath was one of them, allied to them. And when it came time for them to line up in rank to get ready to go to war against Israel, along with Achish, king of Gath and his warriors, was David and his 600 mighty men. The lords of the Philistines did not like this idea at all. And they said, David can't be trusted. You know, he's loyal. He's an Israelite, a Jew. We're afraid that we're going to get into the heat of the battle. And if we start prevailing over the Israelites, that something's going to turn inside of David. He'll betray us. He'll fight for Saul and Israel. He'll be in the middle of us, and we don't want David with us. So the lords of the Philistines told Achish, king of Gath, you can fight with us, but not David. Send him home. David made an appeal, but it did no good. Achish looked at David and said in the morning, as early as possible, as soon as it is daylight, I want you and your men to leave the battlefield. Go back home. And so they did just that. The Bible says that it took some three days for them to march from where they were back to the city of Ziklag. And when they got there, what they saw sickened them. Their city had been raised and burnt with fire. Their wives, their children, their livestock, anyone that had been left there, maybe older, feeble people, had all been taken away captive. David and his men did not know their fate. They did not know if they were dead or alive. They just knew that their city was burned and all their people were gone. The Bible says that they sat down and wept until they had no more power to weep. This was a horrible scenario the worst thing you can even imagine. Not knowing where your wives are, your children. They were devastated. They were demoralized by this. While they were off to fight other foes, they failed to fight the battle at home. While they went off to fight elsewhere, they left the most important thing in their life unprotected. I want to pause here to say 
that we are not above that happening to us. For while we are on the quest of our life, whether it be career or college or some achievement in our life, we can neglect the most important aspects of our lives, our walk with God, our marriages, our families can be at risk when we abandon them to try to go conquer some kingdom elsewhere. Here at the beginning of 2019, I want to remind us that God has given us many gifts, many precious attributes, relationships, and we cannot march away and not guard them without them becoming vulnerable to the attack of Satan in our lives. So I want to tell you today what the Solomon said in Proverbs, to guard your heart with a guard. Amen? You need to make sure that you keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Of everything that is to be guarded, guard your walk with God. God, guard your prayer life. Guard your relationship with Him and with the Word of God above everything else in your life. Take care of Ziklag. You may think that you just want to achieve this and make that. And accomplish something else. But if you come home and Ziklag is burned with fire. The victories that may have been won elsewhere. Seem to pale in comparison to the defeat at home. And I've watched it happen in the lives of far too many people. They wept. till they had no more power to weep. And then the misery of his men kind of motivated them toward a mutiny of sorts. Verse 6 of 1 Samuel 30 said that the people spoke of stoning him. This is the leader they left all. Those that were dead and discouraged. Those, those that were disenfranchised from Israel followed David. He was their fearless leader. And now they knew that Ziklag should not have happened. David, I think, made one unwise decisions to not leave some of the 600 men behind. To make sure that their city was protected. So of course his men did what people usually do. They found someone to blame. Blame David. Bad decision by the leader. And they spoke of stoning him. I'm sure that David spent lots of time shaking his head and pounding his fists. And wondering what he could have done differently. The defeat at Ziklag was Real, but it was avoidable. Homes burned. Families captured. Children presumed dead. Who knows what those wicked Amalekite nomads are doing with our wives and children these many days. David is responsible. And this rumor is rumbling through the camp. Stone the leader. And the Bible says that in the middle of all of this that is going on, that David stopped at the very bottom of everything that was going on in his life. And the Bible said that he encouraged himself in the Lord. The King James says he, he strengthened himself in the Lord. In the middle of the rubble, in the middle of the defeat, while he should have just given up and thrown in the towel, and when he could have been stoned, he reached down inside of him to a relationship that he had built on the backside of a desert while he watched his father's sheep and wrote songs to God and walked with God. He reached down inside of himself to the residue of what was left there of his walk with God and he encouraged himself 
in the Lord. It is my passion, it is my mission this month of January to tell us that God has given us exceeding great and precious promises. He has given landmarks to his church, territory that belongs to us. He has given us something that we should protect, amen? And we need to fight for what belongs to us, our apostolic identity, everything that God has given us. But while David is culpable for what has taken place in Ziklag, I got to honor him today because this is what I found in life. That it is not that you will never hit rock bottom, but it's what you do when you hit rock bottom that really matters. If you have that spirit inside of you that says, though I fall, I shall arise. Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. At the bottom of life, David encouraged himself in the Lord. So today, on this beautiful Sunday, I want to encourage you to look down inside of you and say it's not over. This is not the ending. It is not finished. I will not say that this is the end. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Why don't you do that right now? with a little praise to the Lord. David. And then he inquired of the Lord. It's one thing to just kind of talk to yourself, but it's a lot better to talk to God. There's not one sign of victory in David's life right now. But he encourages himself, strengthens himself. And then he begins to seek God for what to do. He calls for Abiathar, the priest. And he says, bring me that ephod, that, that instrument that we use when we want to seek the will of God. And David inquires of the Lord, what should I do? Should I pursue this troop? Should I overtake them? There's a lot of uncertainty if we do. We're probably outnumbered. We've already made enough mistakes by aligning ourselves with a pagan king, being willing to march into war against King Saul and Israel. Enough of doing things my way. Let's find out what God has to say. He inquired of the Lord. And the man of God told the king to be David, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. David encouraged himself and then he inquired of the Lord. And the Lord said, go after it because you will recover not just a little bit of what you've lost, but you were going to recover all that you lost. David had 600 men. They began to try to figure out which way to go. When you read the story in its context, you get the idea that they weren't sure that they could track the Amalekites. They didn't know where they really went, but they just struck out. He and 600 men, they got to the brook Besor. There were 200 men who were so weary from the march that they could not go on. So David took the 400 remaining men 
and they strike out trying to find some track of the Amalekites, how will they find them? And then strangely enough, they find a man. One destitute man. You see, I found that when you inquire of the Lord, you're not sure what to do or where to go or how to get yourself out of this mess. But when you begin to pray, God begins to give you divine resources so you can recover what has been lost. They find this man. He's an Egyptian. He's a slave of the Amalekites. And he says, we came and we burnt Ziklag. You burnt Ziklag? And we were on our way. Wives, children, livestock. But I fell sick. And they just left me on the side of the road to die. For three days, three nights, haven't eaten anything haven't had anything to drink. They gave him some, some food to eat, some water to drink, a little cake of figs, and his strength began to revive. And David said, can you take us to them? And he said, if you'll spare my life, pledge to me that you'll spare my life, and I will take you to their camp. You see, this is an amazing part of this story because David didn't know where the Amalekites had gone. But God knew where they were. And he knew how to get David from here to there. You may not know what your next step is. You may not know how to get yourself out of the mess you're in. But if you will encourage yourself. If you will seek the Lord. I guarantee you that God knows the answer. God knows the end from the beginning. And he will give you guidance for get from here to there. It is the will of God for you to recover all. That is God's will. The Egyptian slave leads them on their journey. The Bible said in 1 Samuel 30 and 16, when he had brought him down, there they were, the Amalekites, spread out over all the land. Eating, drinking, dancing because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. I just, you know, you got to know David to kind of feel what was going on inside of him. He's a guy that looks at Goliath and the Bible said he ran to the battle. There's no cowardice in David. Amen? I like what Brother Osborne said. He's the kind of man that could kill you and then write a song about it. <laughs> the Bible says that from twilight till the evening of the next day that David attacked him. And no one escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels. The Bible said that David recovered them he rescued his wives he rescued their children and the bible said in verse 19 and nothing of theirs was lacking either small or great sons or daughters spoil or anything which they had taken from them david recovered all 
I'm not preaching from Aesop's fables today. I'm not telling you a bedtime story. I'm giving you a story from the Word of God about a man who made a mistake, but he encouraged himself in the Lord. He inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said, Go after what you've lost. You will get it back. You can get it back again. I'm encouraging you today that you can recover your walk with God. You can recover your marriage. You can recover your family. You can recover your spiritual gifting. You can recover the ministry that has been lost. You can recover your morality. Get up and go after it. Pursue it. Pursue it. Pursue it. And you will surely recover Oh, let's worship the Lord right now. Let's praise him now. Oh, let's really open our hearts to the Lord because hope is beginning to spring in our hearts as we see what God can do for his church and for us, his people. Oh, hallelujah. Let's all stand and praise the Lord together. Let's give glory to the name of Jesus Christ who is in this house right now. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. I don't know what you've lost, but in the name of Jesus Christ, pursue it in prayer right now. See it already done in Jesus' name and thank him for the victory of the battle.